Welcome to Bridge City Church. We are here to lead people in a deeper relationship with Jesus and to grow the church locally, nationally and internationally. We pray you are blessed by this message. I want to talk to you this morning out of Revelation chapter 3 verses 7 to 13 and it's the faithful church and my message title this morning is Little Strength, Great Love, Great God. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it for you have a little strength. You have kept my word and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not but lie indeed I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you because you have kept my command to persevere I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth behold I am coming quickly hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown he who overcomes I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God and I will write on him my new name he who has an ear let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Father God, we come before your throne of grace in the matchless and the wondrous and the most beautiful and the most powerful, the most incredible name of Jesus, the name that is above every name this morning, Lord God. And we just thank you and declare you are our Lord, you're our King, there is no other. Father, we still our souls before you this morning and as this word comes, Father, let it be your words, not my words. Father, make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. Father, that you would speak through me and every person in this place and everyone listening online will receive exactly what you have for them this morning, Lord God. Father, I declare in my weakness is your strength made perfect. I declare, Lord God, your word is truth. Lord, in you is no shadow of turning. Lord, you are the Alpha, you are the Omega, you are the beginning and the end, you're everything that is in between. And God, as we bring this word into the house this morning, I pray, Father God, as I bring your word, you send it, Lord God, and you accomplish in us what you have sent it to do this morning, Lord God. Not what man would say, not what woman would say, not what circumstances would say, but what you say and what you have sent it to do in the hearts and the lives of every person in this place this morning. We give you all the praise and we give you all the thanks because it's all about you, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. Book of Revelation in chapters 2 and 3, there's uh, seven letters to the churches in Asia Minor. And it was written, recorded by the Apostle John. He was in the island of Patmos. And each letter is given by revelation of Jesus Christ. It came from God the Father through Jesus by the power of the Spirit to John the Apostle, who was imprisoned on the Isle of Patmos for being a Christian and sharing his faith. Amazing, isn't it? 
We think about what the life was like for those that were believers in those days and for those that are believers in the world today that still undergo that incredibly intense persecution and we have such incredible liberty in this place to speak Jesus, to live Jesus, to, to walk in the path that he sets for us and there's no barrier to that except the choices that we would make ourselves. And so we see John on that Isle of Patmos and he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and he fell down and Jesus gave him this revelation and he wrote to seven churches see these letters and in the the churches there were there were two that weren't um, there were two that were commended one was Smyrna and the other one was the church of Philadelphia which is the one I want to speak about today the advice in those letters is is a prophetic advice it's, it's like a forewarning for us that any one of us can fall into the trap of any of these things that Jesus is warning the church about. It's not just that this church in this area had only that. There were things that they were doing that was right and there were things that they were doing that Jesus said, but I have this against you, I hold this against you. And I'll look at that really briefly in a minute. So before we get into our teaching today, let's just quickly look at the other six churches it was the church of Ephesus, which was known as the church that had lost their first love, abandoned their first love and his teachings. The church of Smyrna, which was the only other one to be commended by God, that remained faithful despite incredible persecution. The church of Pergamum was the church that compromised its beliefs. The church of Thyatira, the church that follows the false prophets, those that were speaking prophetic words that weren't of God. Then there was the church of Sardis that is spiritually dead. The church of Laodicea, and we all know what that is. It's a lukewarm church. And then the sixth letter, which I'm bringing out of order, is the church of Philadelphia that patiently endured despite weaknesses. And when we think about where Philadelphia was, we know that it was a big home for a synagogue community that were in absolute opposition to Christians and everything that believers stood for, for Jesus at the time. But they remained faithful despite what was going on in the world, despite the trials that they faced, despite the persecutions that they faced, despite the fact that they had limited strength. And there's no condemnation gives... Jesus gives no condemnation to the church at Philadelphia. He only has commendation for them. And it's an incredible thing because that church was known for its brotherly love. It's, it was known for its kindness. It's known for an excellent spirit. And it was known for a church that didn't compromise the gospel of Jesus, that spoke the love of Christ, spoke the salvation of Christ, spoke the, the finished work of the cross without fear and without compromise. And God has been speaking to me so much about speak the word, speak the word without fear, speak the word without compromise, speak the word without fear of offence, speak it in the love of God and speak it as it is a, a word for us today. It's a word, it's a love letter, it's a directional letter. The word of God is for us today and those letters that were written to the churches in Asia Minor at the time could be any one of us these days so we're not to look at other parts of the body because immediately you think, oh, that church down the road 
said, What's, what do they do? No, 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 that's not the purpose of it. It's search your own heart. It's know your own heart and understand what it is God has called you to do, what God has called us to do as a church community at Bridge City Church in Murray Bridge and beyond, speaking the life and the love and the hope of Jesus in everything that we do. It's having a passion despite our weakness. And you know that weakness, he talks about you have little strength. And some say that the little strength was the fact that they were a community of believers that weren't high on the strata of society. They weren't very strong. They weren't very gifted. They weren't very talented in the eyes of the world. But God had called them. He said, you've, not got, li- you've got little strength, but... You're faithful. You've not compromised my word. See, I'm going to place before you an open door that no man can shut. And when I was listening to this on Monday, I just fell on my face and said, God, you're speaking to us as a church. We are a little church. But we've got the power of God in this church to do whatever he calls us to do. We've got the spirit of God in our church to do whatever he wants us to do. We have the favour of God because whenever he opens a door, no man can shut it. And when he shuts a door, why would we push through? So it's not, at looking, not about looking at others around us. It's about searching our own hearts, seeing if there's anything in us. Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. Cast me back to the joy of my salvation. And if you haven't received salvation yet, there's an opportunity today to give your life to Jesus. Or if you've known him and walked away, God is calling you back to him today because time is short. Time is short and there is a world that needs to know the love of Jesus without condemnation. It needs to know the love of Jesus in our world so that we can lead by example that we may be the foolish things of the world. But God exalts the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and he calls those things that are not as if they are. Am I a bit passionate this morning? I have a fire burning in me and it's not me. It's, it's the spirit of the Lord who would say to each one of us, rise up. You are a people of power. You may think you're past your use by date. You are not finished in God. You are not finished because God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. And the things that have bound you, the things that have kept you shackled, he wants to set free. He wants to set us free from those things. And those things like, oh, fill in the blanks. The things that have bound our lives, the things that have happened to us, the grief we've walked through, the loss we've had, the rejection we've had, the lack we've had. God wants to restore to us all of those things that have been ripped off. And he is the one who's able. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we think or ask according to his will for us. Conditional on us loving him and saying, yes, Lord, I want to. I want to follow you all the days of my life. I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be a false prophet. You know, we can all say this. I want to be led by the Spirit of God according to the Word of God because if it's not in the Word, forget it. If we are going to do things that just please us, we can might as well just go and join a Rotary Club or something. But the church is a living, breathing community of believers that God wants to use. Every single one of us. He's put gifts and he's put talents in every single one of us. 
for such a time as this. Amen. Shall I go back to my notes? <laughs> oh. The church wasn't perfect. Guess what? It's still not. But we serve a perfect God. We serve a God who is mighty, he is holy, he is true, he is merciful, he is just, he is all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful. And the Spirit of the Lord is in you to work in you what is good and pleasing in God's sight. Brother, God's got his hand on you. Brother, I don't know you sitting in the back there, but God's got his hand on you. And there's been times where you have felt disappointed by things that have happened in your life. And you've had to make choices that have been hard for you to make. But God wants you to know today you've made right choices. And God's going to bless you and honour you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things, says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one can open. Jesus is declaring his sovereignty. He's declaring he is the only one. He is the holy one. He is the true one. He has the keys and he has the authority. And the doors that he's going to open, no one can shut. And he uses those words from the prophet Isaiah to introduce himself to the church. And he establishes his own identity through that affirmation that he is holy, meaning he is separate and he's apart and he's, he's pure and he's sinless. And that holiness is the attribute of God that says, I am God, there is no one like me. God is pure, God is holy. And God is the holy one amongst us. And God is the one that when, when the Spirit of God falls in the place, you fall to your knees and you start to, to weep I, because his presence is so pure. Why would you want to be anywhere else? He is true. He speaks truth. In him is no shadow of turning. He's not a man that he should lie. Not that men lie, but God is not a man that he should lie. In us, our truth can sometimes be so subjective, but in God, the truth is the truth, and that's all there is to it. He's the sovereign one. He holds the key of David. And each one of those identifications says that Jesus, he is the one who has come. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the anointed one. He's the one who came and paid the price. And all authority in heaven and earth had been given to him. Because he's 100% God and he's 100% man. And he lay aside the glory of heaven to come and be amongst us and to live the life with us and to lead by example and to die the death that we deserved. Sinless, pure, holy Son of God. How can we not give him our all? The key signifies the power that was held by the king himself in Isaiah 22, verse 22. It was the highest responsibility. The king had the key to unlock the doors. 
And in this passage of scripture we're looking at today, the King of Kings says he's going to unlock, open those doors that no man can close and close those doors that no man can open. He is a holy God. He is a true God. He is a just God. He's a righteous God and he's got the keys. And he is the almighty and he's able. And he's called us as his church to walk in the path that he sets for us. Not looking to the right, not looking to the left, keeping our eyes on Jesus, moving forward in all that he wants to do in us and through us. He's able. He says, I know your work. See, I've set before you an open door. No one can shut it. For you have little strength, but you have kept my word and not denied my name. Isn't that incredible? Open doors come and we're grateful for them. We're grateful the doors that God opens, but unless we walk through them, they just remain that, like that foyer door. It's open, but it's doing nothing. You've got to walk through the doors that God opens for us. And when he shuts them, why would you hammer against them and try and beat against them? Because you want to go to what's on the other side. But God's saying, no, I have opened a door for you here. This is where I want you to go. So it's having that discernment to understand what God is calling you to do, what God is asking of you, where he wants to lead you, where he wants to guide you, and walk through in his timing, in his manner, with the love of Christ in our hearts because we're going out into our families and into our communities to serve that God who sent his only son to die for us. The enormity of it. And yet God never gives us any more than we can handle. We have little strength. We have little strength. But in our weakness is his strength made so perfect when we yield to him it's when we fight against him that we start to get into trouble it's when we start saying no to him it's when we think that we've been disqualified because of as carolyn said because of our past we think we're disqualified we think that because of things we've done in the past or have done even yesterday it disqualifies us from walking through in that open door that god has for us for today and tomorrow We are not disqualified from serving God. We are not disqualified. We are not cancelled out because of our errors. If we sin, we repent. We turn to him. We say, Lord, I've messed up. I ask your forgiveness. And when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it's God removed as far as the east is from the west. That is the grace of our God. It's not through works. It's faith in the grace of God and that finished work of the cross that he's done for us. So when he opens that door and we think, oh, I started like Moses. Oh, I can't talk because I started too much. Well, God will give you the capacity to do it. When he calls you, he will equip you to do it. Who would have thought four years ago that the church would, this church here in Murray Bridge would have gone the way it had that we would have gone through all of the trials that we went through. And yet through it all, God was so faithful to us. He was so faithful to each and every one of us. And he's raised up a standard within the church and he's saying, you are as the church of Philadelphia. You have the love of God in you. I want to open that door for you. I see that you have little strength. But I am the faithful one. I am the true one. And you have not compromised my word the church of philadelphia we never want to preach a gospel other than what is in this word 
We never want to promote a philosophy that is not the word of God. We never want to step outside the boundary that God has given us because that word is truth. It is life. It is life. It is life. And you know what? Even if you think that you can't do it, you think you can't speak the words, you think you can't have the love of God in you, God used a donkey in the Old Testament. That encourages me. It really does. If he can speak through a donkey and through circumstances, then he can speak to me and through me. And you can say the same thing. God is no respecter of persons. He loves us all equally, completely, totally. He loves us. Jesus said, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. The brotherly, filial love for one another that cares for your brothers and sisters, that cares for your family in Christ, The cares for the not yet believers because there's only two kinds of people in the world, the believers and the not yet believers. That cares with the love of God in each one of our hearts to get out of our own way, to get out of our own comfort zone because I tell you what, comfort is the enemy of what God wants to do. Comfort, complacency, is the biggest enemy of God wanting to move in you. He wants to move in you, but unless we get out of that comfort zone, unless we ask God to extend our tent pegs, extend our capacity, extend our, (coughs) position ourselves to absolutely bow before him, not just on a Sunday morning, every day of the week, every moment, not just when we're in crisis, but when we are when we're rejoicing, when we're praising, when everything's going good, take that time to spend it with God. God is desperate for you. We need to be desperate for him. That act of desperation where we fall on our face before him, not where everyone can see, but in that quiet place, in your home, because it's between you and it's between God. It's saying, God, everything I am, everything I was, everything I will be, It's in you. Lord, fill me. Lord, use me. Lord, change me. For your glory. For your glory. God's love for us is so intense. I think if we really understood the depth of his love for us, we'd be on our faces all day. My prayer for us all is that we would just have a greater revelation of how loved we are by the Father and that his plan for us is wonderful. Not always easy, but wonderful. Because our light and momentary tribulations are working for us an exceeding weight of glory in God. The church at Philadelphia were faithful to the word of God. 
They are about God's agenda. No other agenda but God's agenda. It's simple, really. God says, we do. God says, we do. Being faithful to him, no matter what we're going through. And in our imperfection, he works in us. You see, love covers a multitude of sins. God's love is faithful, never leaves us, he never forsakes us. He who promises is faithful. Every promise that he gives you in him is yes and it's amen. Those he calls, he equips. And he also says, by this all men you will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If we have love for one another, out of a love that comes, a pure love that comes from God, they'll all know, the world will see that we're his disciples. And a disciple is one who serves, one who follows the master. And that's all I want to do. Word also says, by your fruit you will be known. And that the love and, and works that we display, you see, faith without works is dead. But works without faith is also dead. So we've got to find that balance in all things in God. That we're walking in the path he sets before us in his strength, in his timing, in his anointing. Doing the things that he calls us to do, not someone else. Understanding that the gifts and call of God are without repentance in our lives. Understand that his faithfulness is without, without end. And so if we're feeling weak today, we're feeling like... I don't know about that. I don't know how I can. We need to get on our knees and say, Lord, I can't, but you can. I make room for you today. I get out of the way so that you can fill me and you can use me, that you'll be glorified. You see, it's positioning yourself to know whose you are before you can know who you are. We belong to God, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. And all his promises are yes and amen to point to Jesus in everything. Our strength is little, but our God is great. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And he gives us that grace to continue daily. Who's ever got up in the morning and thought, oh, I really don't want to do today? <laughs> His mercies are new every morning. His faithfulness is without end. Tell him. Tell him. Because he knows anyway. Let him know the battle that you're going through because he knows it anyway. And he's got a path for you. He's got a strategy for you and he'll open the door for you in his perfect timing to walk through into that time of blessing and sovereignty in him. Amazing God. You see, God's given me a word this year for the church that this church is going to be a church of radical culture, a church of restoration and a church of reconciliation. And that ministry of restoration and reconciliation has come about because of the price that Christ has paid for each and every one of us on the cross. 
that we can be restored to our factory default settings, not that we are factory processed, but the understanding is that when God knit us together in our mother's womb, he made us fearfully, he made us wondrously, he made us with a purpose and a plan in mind. And he made us as one of a kind. There is not another... There's not another you in the world. Turn to your partner and say, there's not another you in the world. You are unique. You are wondrous. You're Nick Michelle. You are unique and wonderful. There is no one like you. God made you. That radical culture where we're not worried about those in the synagogue of Satan who are pointing the finger at us. And saying, <laughs> those who would diss us and those who would tear us down, you know what? There's no room for that in the church of Christ. There's no room for it. You know, people will come against you the moment that you start making an impact for Jesus. The moment that you start stepping out in faith, the resistance will come. And sometimes it comes from those closest to you. That scripture that I just read says that they will come, those who have dissed you, those who have criticised you, they'll come and they'll fall at your feet because they see the love of God in you. And for us, our responsibility is to keep a sweet spirit, to keep a right spirit, to not be critical, to not be saying, what about this and what about that? You do it, you do it in prayer, you take it to God in prayer, but keeping that sweet spirit so that there's no barrier between us and God, so that we haven't got any, any form of offence in us. And we pray for those that persecute us and carry on. Is that a good word? <laughs> we pray for them. We keep a sweet spirit. We say, Lord, you made them. You love them. You have a plan for them. I lift them to you. I forgive them. I will not allow any barrier of offence in me to detract from what God wants to do in me and through me. And that's something we can all say and you probably all do and you're probably miles ahead of me in this. But at the end of the day, keep a short account with those things that would become barbs in your side. No offence to anyone called Barb. <laughs> Do you know we used to have a dog called Molly? And Molly had an alter ego. And every now and then her alter ego would come to the surface and we called her Barbara when she did that. <laughs> and she would become really snappy. Anyway, that's... You got that for free. <laughs> but don't allow an alter ego to rise from inside of you because you've been hurt, because you've been wounded, because you've been persecuted, because people have misunderstood you. Rejoice. Because you keep a, street, a sweet spirit and you keep a short account of those things and you begin to intercede for those who are against you. And at the end of the day, they'll come down. And they will worship God, not us. They'll worship God because that's the whole point. Amen. Amen. Have you had enough of me yet? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's hot in here. Our light and momentary tribulations are working an exceeding weight of glory. Hold fast your confession of faith in him. 
Verse 12 says, just by the by, don't be distracted. Don't be discouraged. Don't be put off track by the snares that the enemies will lay in your path. Because it's all designed to get you out of line, misaligned with God. Keep on that straight, narrow path that God has for you. In all we say and in all we do, let Christ be glorified because it's all him. Potter, clay, crack pot. <laughs> let his light shine through us. Verse 12, and I'm wrapping this up. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more and I'll write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit would say. You see, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. He's our strength. Jesus said, behold, I come quickly. He's coming back again, church. He's coming back. He's coming back. <laughs> so let's live our lives as if today is our last day, but plan to die a very old geriatric age so that we can get up and serve God while we're on our walkers and in our gophers, <laughs> knowing that our times are in his hands. He's coming back. And he says, when you overcome, I make you a pillar in the house. And a pillar is rock solid. And you go to some of the ancient lands and you see where the earthquakes have been through and devastated the place. And yet the pillars are still there. They might be a bit bruised, a bit cracked. But they're still existence. The promise of God is when we overcome, he makes us as a pillar. Jesus said, behold, I come quickly. I'm coming to relieve you who are under trial and under persecution. I'm coming to reward you for your faithfulness. I'm coming to redeem you. I'm coming to say well and done, good and faithful servant. I'm coming to bless you. I'm coming to enfold you in my love. I'm coming. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. And at the end of the day, no matter what we walk through, no matter what we're going through, it's all worth it. It is all worth it because we have all eternity with our God, with our King, with our Saviour and our Lord. And everything that we ever wanted to say to him, that we never felt we got clarity in, <laughs> we'll stand before our Lord and we'll get that download from heaven. And we're going to know all things. He says, then you'll know all things. And he'll wipe every tear from every eye with me. That's, that's a lot. I cry a lot. <laughs> and he say, well done, good and faithful servants. Into thou, into the joy of thy Lord. So whatever we're going through here, whether our strength is weak or getting stronger, or whether we're just on our knees and blubbering messes, God will work in us and through us. If we're faithful to him, 
faithful to his word. Don't compromise what he says. Because we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. He promises a glorious reward. And on those pillars will be the name of God. Jesus, the Christ, the mediator, the redeemer, the captain of our salvation. The one we serve, the one we love, the one we keep fighting for. The one we allow to make us so uncomfortable we squirm. Knowing that the battle is his, not ours. And knowing at the end of the day we might feel battle-wearied. But guess what? We win in him. Always at the end of the day. Amen? Mm. Saying to him, here we are, Lord. Here we are, Lord. Use us for your glory. Build your kingdom in us. Build your kingdom through us. Let's pray. Father God, it begins with a decision to receive you, Lord Jesus, as Saviour and Lord. That, Lord, you sent your only son into the world to die the death that we deserved, to pay the price for us, for every person who has ever been born, ever will be born. Lord Jesus, that one-time sacrifice for us is beyond the words of thanks that we can ever find. But if you're here in this place today or if you're online and you have never made a decision to follow Jesus, the chance is now, the opportunity is now, just between you and him to reach out and say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died for me in my place. I believe you shed your blood, your pure sinless blood to pay the price that I could never pay. You did it for me. Today I choose to receive you as my saviour and as my Lord. I ask you to forgive my sin. I ask you to begin that process of rebuilding me from the inside out. I give my life to you. Be my Lord. Be my God. And make me a pillar. Make me an overcomer. Everything I've ever been and everything I ever will be, I now lay at your feet and say, build me for your glory. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, please get in touch with us. We would love to help you on your walk, resource you and help you. But for those of us who know you, Lord God, Father, I just speak that work of restoration that you want to do in each and every life in this place today. I pray, Father God, that we would continue to persevere with whatever we're going through, Father God, that we would walk through the doors that only you would open, Lord God. We would not knock on doors that you're not opening for us, Father God. Lord, that we would stand in our own weakness and acknowledge that it's through your strength and through the grace that you pour on our lives that we can do anything. 
Father God, I thank you, Lord, that as we stand in your word, on your word, Father, by the power of your spirit, you work in us and you work through us. We acknowledge, Lord God, that it's nothing we can do but only what we can do in you. That is sustainable. We want to build according to your pattern, Father God. For those of us here today who have been under persecution, who've been hurt, who've been wounded, that there are those on the outside who have pointed at you and not been kind. Father, I just pray that we would release a spirit of forgiveness for all those that have spoken against each one of us. Father, where we've been hurt, where we've been wounded, where we've been misunderstood. Lord God, we pray for a sweet spirit in each one of us as we release those dear ones that you made and you love and you have a plan for to you, Father God, that we would not carry that hurt or offence in us. And Lord God, I acknowledge, Lord, that in all things, Father, your timing is perfect. And Father, as we release those ones to you, I thank you. By faith, they will fall at your feet and worship you, Lord God. Lord, we commit ourselves into your hands this day. Father, we just praise you and thank you that you are our mighty God. Spirit of the living God, I pray you minister to every single person in this place and online today. So we just take a moment now for God to touch our hearts, touch our lives and show us the way moving forward from this point. Not my words, not man's words, your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining with us today. If you would like to find out more, you can get in touch with us on our website at bridgecitychurch.com.au. See you next time.